Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. I will break down the stats for you, which are tragic, heartbreaking stats, especially if you are under the age of 18 in the city of Philadelphia and looking at the numbers that are so tragic. But of course, every parent that we hear from, including the ones speaking, the grandparents speaking out today and yesterday during a funeral for their 14-year-old son, innocent victim. And this is too often happening in Philadelphia. I'm Dawn Stensland. This is The Dawn Show, two hours live and local. We know that uh, we have some City of Philadelphia news conferences and breaking news situations that will happen within the hour. So, of course, if anything newsworthy is coming of those, we'll either take them live or bring that to you immediately during those breaking news situations. As well, we know that President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden in Florida and being their tour guide is uh, apparently Governor Ron DeSantis, Rick Scott, among others, as they stand united with the people of Florida after that area, obviously, especially on the southwest Gulf Coast, is ravaged by Hurricane Ian and the feds promising to help folks rebuild their lives because many have lost their homes and and the death toll continues to uh, rise tragically. But in Philadelphia, there is, uh, first of all, major. there are major announcements by police and authorities. Now they have named a suspect who's 16 years young. I'll talk about that in a moment. You'll hear about it in a moment from the report, which encapsulates what's happening. $45,000 reward. There's also a search for other suspects in one of the shootings that happened just outside Roxborough High School that has made national news new surveillance video released and that and multiple other crimes as well. We have the funeral, the funeral today. I can't even imagine what the family of 14 year old Nicholas Elizalde, what they're going through. You never in, in your dreams think that you will be burying your child at any age, but to kiss your child uh, goodbye, you know, at the beginning of the school day, know that they're playing football. We heard from the mom. She was there and ran toward the gunfire. The the grief is unspeakable. And his funeral is today as the family and community gather for that. And certainly our prayers are with them on this high holy day of Yom Kippur. So many of you, um, I know, uh, celebrate this high holy day, which ends at sundown tonight. We'll talk about all of it right here, but let's listen to the latest on what's happening in Philadelphia, the big announcements happening with regard to the search for suspects. They've ID'd one through DNA. Here's our sister station, NBC10, with the latest. 
Jackie, it's an understatement to say it was an emotional day for the Roxborough High School community. Hundreds showed up tonight to say one more goodbye to the 14-year-old Nicholas Elizalde. Right now, I am standing next to a memorial that continues to grow day by day as students have to pass by this as they go to class. The family tells me tonight they are ready to make a difference. I love my grandson and I, I just miss him. I just miss him. Hugs and tears outside a funeral home in Hunting Park. It's one more goodbye to the teenager described as a beautiful, thoughtful, gentle soul. It's been one week since a gunman shot and killed 14-year-old Roxborough football player Nicholas Elizalde after he left a scrimmage. His grandmother tells NBC10 the family heard about a break in the case as they made their way to his viewing. We were getting ready to come here, so they were very happy for that news. It, it, it was hard, you know, to, to hear at the minute we did, but uh, we're, we're, just, we're just counting on the police. They've been doing a good job, the detectives, to, to get some justice for my grandson. We saw a few teens leaving with football jerseys on. The hugs lasted a little longer tonight. Emotions were hard to control for an innocent victim. Councilwoman Helen Gim was one of hundreds who stood in line and came out to honor Nick's life. What do you say to the family, to the mother who's lost a loved one to gun violence? Um, I mean, the most important thing is, is that we have to change for them. Family members tell us it's their mission now to make a difference in Philadelphia and be in the forefront of slowing down this culture of gun violence. What would you like to see changed personally in, the, in light of this? I would like this? to see not one more child murdered. I would like to see, rather than leaving flowers and candles at the memorials, we turning our guns. I want guns off the streets. That's what I want. And so certainly many prayers for this family of, of this 14-year-old Nicholas, as today is his funeral at 1 o'clock this afternoon. And, you know, you hear the, the common saying of, and I, I, and I certainly could understand uh, the grieving family, grandmother speaking out, the mom has spoken out in the past, and talking about, you know, wanting the guns off the streets. I'm assuming she's talking about uh, all the illegal guns that are being held by the gangbangers, the, the drug dealers, because that's what's happening here. But if you look at the numbers and you look at the estimates, and I've, I've interviewed experts about this, going back since even a little bit before um, DA Larry Krasner took office. What strikes me about the numbers involving children, in other words, 18 or younger, being shot and killed in the city of Philadelphia, you look at those victims and any number, even one, is tragic. We can all agree on that. But, you know, taking back to 2015, 81, and then from 2016 to 2019, it, it was maybe 100 in 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019. We're looking at 119 um, violence victims shot in the city of Philadelphia, shot and killed. And then the spike happens when? 2020. And this is, so, so as much as, you know, many look at the policies of DA Larry Krasner, and maybe that's when they took hold, you cannot eliminate the idea here that these numbers doubled when schools were shut down during the pandemic. I've said this from day one, and these numbers confirm it. So if you look at the numbers of, and I'm talking, I'm not talking about the total numbers of homicides, which as we know have exceeded 410 souls murdered in the city of Philadelphia so far this year. 
and these are records last year and this year, but I'm talking about the fact that nearly half of those victims of a shoot of, of homicide, about half are 18 or younger. And we hear time and time again, the police commissioner, police officers speaking out saying that our perpetrators and our victims are getting younger and younger. It coincides when you look at this with the pandemic. So those numbers from even 2018, 2019 doubled or even more than doubled when you take into account 2020, 2021, 2022. Okay. And we're on track tragically to have a record number of children and teens murdered in the city of Philadelphia. And now we learn more every day, don't we, about the shutdowns, the CDC, what they knew, and the fact that the numbers, whether somebody did not shut down their schools or did shut down their schools, the COVID numbers look the same. And we also know that for children under 18, um, COVID by and large did not impact them in ways that it impacted clearly elderly or sickly populations. These are the facts. And we've learned so much about that that I, I don't need to review with you. I know that you know this. But I just want to point this out, that to me, these, all of this, if we could go back with the DeLorean, you know, and, and change time and go back and, and really know for a fact that these shutdowns were horrifying for kids and we know about the mental health impact, but now this is tangible evidence to me when we look at the numbers doubling with regard to children, teenagers being shot and killed in the city of Philadelphia, they were safer if they had just been in school. And this is, to me, the casualty in real time that we're seeing because of the pandemic shutdowns. And here in Philadelphia, among the strictest shutdowns in the nation, this is the casualty. And I do blame, again, the leadership. Governor Tom Wolf, as well as Mayor Jim Kenney, I blame for this, for the shutdowns that were ridiculous and too stringent. And so not only impacting the mental health of everybody, but especially kids and, and teens, right? So look at the mental health. Now look at all the business impact and the business owners and the residents. Look at the workplaces. Look at what's happening with jobs, the economy. And now this. And, and so this is, should not be lost on anyone. But are you seeing anybody connecting these dots? I'm not. And so the talking point, the mantra is, oh, it's the gun violence. Take the guns off the streets. Well, no, get the guns out of the hands of criminals. Stop the gangs. Stop them. Stop the drug dealers. Stop them. But that also has to do with what other problem that's now systemic, if you will, and that is the flood of gang bangers and drug dealers and drugs coming over the southern border at historic levels. By some estimates, at least 20,000 people just coming over. And, and we don't know where they're coming from. We have no, you know, we, we know that they're coming from dozens of different countries. So this is not an issue of people coming from Mexico. They're merely, they're, they are merely coming through Mexico. And so this is a result of a lack of leadership, low-quality leadership in the city of Philadelphia, if you're asking me. I'm Dawn Stensland. You can always sound off. 855-839-1210 is the number to call. I want to talk about the culture 
the culture of crazy, wild, wild west anger in the city of Philadelphia. This is what started as, I I think, a a fender bender, a road rage incident, ended up in a deadly shootout on North Broad Street. And I'll go to this NBC10 news report in just a moment. But think about this. And I don't know if you're like this. I do want to hear from you on this. 855-839-1210 is the number to call. I do not use my horn. I do not honk. Sometimes if I see somebody doing something and I just want to alert them, I might, uh, regardless of time of day, flash my brights a teeny bit. But I am so polite, I never honk my horn. This is why. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and, and, I, and thank you for laughing, Anthony Dorenzo, our executive producer, and Jim Kelly, of course, our engineer here. But, you know, we talk about this in Philadelphia. Let's go to the report. We'll talk about this. 855-839-1210. Does this culture of violence and crime running rampant in the city of Philadelphia, does it impact the way you live your life and even the way you drive? Let's listen first to this report from NBC10. New at 11, Philadelphia's gun violence claimed yet another life earlier today. This shooting was in Tioga Nice Town and was the result of tempers flaring following a car accident. Police say three cars collided at the intersection of Broad and Venango around 5 o'clock this afternoon. That's when at least one of the men involved in the accident jumped out of his car, got into a fight. That fight escalates and shots were fired. Police say a 32-year-old man was killed in another man from one of the other cars was also shot, but he's expected to be okay. A woman was also involved in the accident, but she was not shot. So far, there have been no arrests. Yeah, and so there's there's much more that we're learning about that. And they're releasing, you know, information, surveillance video. They've just released new surveillance video, in fact, as they try to figure all of this, figure it out. But we know that, you know, one man killed They read the officers. I don't think they even waited for the paramedics. They put the one man who was shot, put him in the cruiser, the police cruiser, and rushed him to the hospital. He the doctors tried for about an hour to save his life and couldn't couldn't even save him. And there was a lady who was nearby, not even involved, I think, in the actual fender bender. And but her car was shot up. So pretty shaken up, not physically injured. She was not shot. These two guys on a street mad at each other because, oh, you you, you think about that. It's crazy. So I want to hear from you if 855-839-1210 is the number to call, if in fact you've changed your habits, especially when you are driving. Because I'm always telling my husband, do whatever you do, Larry, if you're driving, you know, especially in the city, do not honk at anybody because it's it's crazy time. People are just mean. They'll just shoot you. If you look at them funny, they're going to they're gonna shoot you. Um, this is what's happening. And I'm seeing now the city of Philadelphia, they're, they're re- they constantly are releasing the latest images of suspects. So, so some of them, for example, involved in uh, the Roxborough high, high School shooting, in addition to the 16-year-old suspect who's considered armed and dangerous. But this is also the city of Philadelphia uh, releasing updated information and what strikes me about this, these are believed to be teenage suspects involved in that Roxborough High School shooting as well as others, but they're showing them from surveillance video from what appears to be various, you know, robberies and other incidents where they're connecting the dots and they're matching different suspects to different crimes. Um, it's, it's really, it's, it's the wild, wild west in Philadelphia for sure. You know, I want to end on a, a little bit of a, a positive note because we 
we have our Philadelphia Eagles, and they've been wonderful. And yesterday I played for you, our coach, Eagles coach, Nick Sirianni, who was speaking out, trying to, you know, give some love and support and, and, and really just some sympathy and respect to the high school students, especially football team, who was targeted. They were innocent. They were innocent victims, those football players caught in, you know, the crowd of somebody who was targeted. But we have the some of the Philadelphia Eagles actually visiting a school in Philadelphia to give them some love and some support. This is a Fox 29 News report. Let's listen in. With all the gun violence impacting kids in Philadelphia, the Eagles are stepping up and serving as role models, star players and swoop, surprising kids tonight at a rec center. And Don, this city needs the Eagles and tonight they delivered. What a great night and a great surprise for these kids. Absolutely, Jason. They were so excited. And I have to tell you, these two players were so impressive, speaking from the heart, but their message was very serious and sobering. Youth football players and cheerleaders from the West Philly Panthers packing the gym at Shepherd Rec Center for quite a surprise. Eagles star players A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders coming out to show their support. The visit comes amid the growing violence in the city, including a shooting outside this rec center back in August that injured five people. When I heard a tragedy happened here, um, it broke my heart. I come from the same background as y'all. Their anti-violence message, very clear. You got to work hard, make sacrifices, and listen to your parents. I want y'all to say, I am. I am. I am. I am. Different. I lost friends. I lost family. Just making the wrong decisions. Some end up dying. Some end up going to jail. But I, didn't, I, I know I didn't want that for myself. Their words of wisdom resounding with this young crowd. It was really inspiring. I don't want to be like in, in the hood. I don't want to be a street guy. I just want to be, you know, focused on football, school, and stuff like that. Plenty of parents taking it all in as well. I mean, the kids really needed to hear that. They need that type of inspiration to know that, you know, no matter what goes on around them, what goes on in their life, they can make it just like they did. Former football coach Valencia Peterson leading the discussion with the players. What I want them to leave with is there's something better for them. They don't have to become a statistic. The kids getting team pictures taken with Sanders and Brown, and of course, the evening wouldn't be complete without an Eagles cheer. <laughs> My friend Dawn Timoney reporting, and you know, just what a great report um, by her, as well as it's nice to have some some positive news and what Eagles players, you know, just stepping up. And these are superstars. So to these kids, you know, somebody is saying to them, you matter and we care about you and we want you to, to just move on, survive all of this, stay in school, be your best. It's a wonderful message. And I hope, I, you know, you can just feel the energy there that these kids felt it was genuine. So kudos to our Philadelphia Eagles to just bring a, a bright light to some of our embattled uh, children in Philadelphia as we look at these dismal dismal numbers. Speaking of dismal, I, I will just tell you, I'm just kind of hanging on. I'm so sick of the rain and the flooding down the shore. I feel so bad for everybody who's flooding, but remnants of Hurricane Ian. So the uh, rain is going to taper off today. I will say that. It's the last day and the sun is going to come out tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow, mid-70s tomorrow and Friday. So I can't wait for the sunshine and the Dawn Show is going to continue right after this. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 855-839-1210. We're talking about road rage rising in Philadelphia. Does it change the way you drive? Well, Kathy has a comment about it. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Dawn. Um, yeah, I can't wait for this rain to get out of here either. A little sick of it, too. Um, but anyway, um, I think that uh, everything in our life has been completely altered. I don't think we live our lives like we did even 10 years ago or even five years ago. Uh, the amount of fear of driving into certain areas has just increased. I mean, uh, I loved going into Philly and taking my kids to Franklin Institute and things like that. I wouldn't even think about going there anymore. Um, too, too nervous about the crime down there. And it's a shame because of the different things that we offer the kids and, and things like that. But just everything that surrounds us today, you don't want to walk around with doom and gloom, but every time you turn around, there's something else that's happening. It just makes you more aware of how serious our lives have become. And then coming up on Halloween, worrying about the kids, uh, what may be in their bags with the fentanyl and whatever. So we're living in very scary times, and it's really a shame because when I grew up, we didn't have any of this. We lived in a great, a great time to grow up. And now the things that we're growing up and our kids are being brought into today, it's just very sad. It is. Well put, Kathy. It's it's unfortunate. And hopefully we see a change. Charlie is in Philadelphia, and you want to talk about all the, the rise in violence, Charlie? Yeah, we're, I was a kid growing up until the 60s, I guess it was. They, they uh, We didn't pray in school, but you had the Ten Commandments on one board, and you had the Golden Rule. And nobody told you to be this religion or that religion. It was just, you know, and they had they said the Pledge of Allegiance. And that all ended in the 60s sometimes. But I wonder, did these kids get any, does anybody tell them the difference of right and wrong that's wrong to kill, that it's wrong to steal, that's wrong to cheat? I mean, God supposedly gave this information to Moses in the Ten Commandments, what, 5,000 years ago or something? Yeah. And it was just instruction of society and how to be a human being and, and the, the good of the family and everything was based on that. I mean, he didn't give us electricity back then or refrigeration or things that would have helped out ancient peoples. He taught them how to survive and how to live and how to make good, productive societies. And this has just been ignored. And I think it was Ben Franklin or Jefferson. One of them said that you can't have a democracy if you don't have morality, which is what's happening in this country right now, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, it's like everything's it's just being ignored and, oh, that's just superstition. And, this and that. these are rules of life. I mean, come on. 
and these poor kids, I don't know like, what's going what's going to be the outcome of this. I mean, to just kids shooting each other at, at ten years old or twelve years old, or so, it's like really horrible. It's like a horror movie or something. It is. It's uh, God bless them. I hope you know there's some answer to it. I don't know what it is, but they we got to go back to when things worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like if you're doing a math problem, you go wrong. You go back and start all over again. You don't, you know, keep messing around with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And thank you, Charlie, for the call. I think one of the issues that we see over and over, and you talked about prayer or some kind of, you know, morality lessons that happen in school. And I think, you know, think about think about this, the conversation about what parents saying they want parental rights that we have leadership across the nation that worries more about, uh, you know, pronoun and gender situations, which we know impact a, a tiny percent of a student population anyway. But instead of, you know, talking about these values, and even in a, like you said, in a secular school, there are many schools will say, well, let's just, it's, let's say before a sporting event, hey, let's, let's bow our heads, take a moment. And, you know, they're not, there's nothing combining the religion to it, but there's, there are ways to teach certainly the basic, the basics on morality. I was just looking up as Charlie was talking about some statistics and they said 90% of kids, eight years old to 16 year olds viewing porn online, among other violent images while they're doing their homework. And that's just one of the stats, you know, that we're looking at, but you think about the fact that, unfortunately, during the pandemic, I think it supersized the issue of kids being on a screen as a babysitter, even younger than eight years old. And when kids were locked out of their schools and the parents, for whatever reason, whether they were at work or whether they just weren't home or, you know, they weren't present, let's say. And so this is something that's impacting all of us. But it's it's also a reminder to talk to your kids about, and grandkids, if you're a caregiver as well, what they're looking at online. Because I certainly think all of this is interconnected, you know. And so uh, I, I do appreciate your calls. But there are so many. I'm, I'll have to do a deep dive in this, talking about democracy and morality. And certainly that has been said over and over as we think about what we need in our society. But it begins with leadership. I mean, since Charlie brought up Moses, I mean, you think about Moses, he had to provide some leadership there. And if, if you have um, low-quality leadership rather than high-quality leadership, you have people who are thinking more about their career as a politician rather than about our children or your business or your freedom or your rights, this is a huge problem. And we see it day in and day out in Philadelphia. And when somebody does not want to talk about the issues at hand, what do they do? They pivot. They talk about anything else. They blame other things, even inanimate objects, like firearms, for example. So I guess there were no firearms um, until 2019 or 2018. There were, there were no firearms in Philadelphia. Were there more available? Are they making ghost guns? We, sh- we should and do crack down on that. We need more of a crackdown. But ultimately, we, you know, we are a nation where, love it or hate it, there are a lot of firearms out there. So what changed? I'll tell you what changed. Number one, poor quality leadership. Number two, defund the police. And that includes 
Larry Krasner, and Kenny. And number three, on top of that, what supersized it was a pandemic in which our local leaders and state leaders decided, Tom Wolf especially, and Krasner, or excuse me, and Kenny, decided they were going to shut us down. They were going to do what they wanted to do, even though in the case of Kenny, you know, he was caught in another neighboring state, you know, out to lunch because rules for you, rules for thee and not for me. Isn't that what Zioli always says? This is the Dawn Show, 855-839-1210. I have so much more ahead and we have some uh, live breaking news that I'll be reporting right around the corner right here on the Dawn Show. Some of you want to sound off on what's happening, and I'll bring you, I'll update you on some of the developing stories of the day. But let's get to this Charlie. Who's this calling in from? We have Richard and Redding. Richard and Redding. Hey, Richard. Hey, Don. Listen, I just want to say I really don't appreciate you trash in Philadelphia. Obviously, you and Larry don't live in Philadelphia. Yes, we you guys do. Are out on the main whoa, 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 Richard. Richard, I've lived in the same house in Philadelphia. For more than, what, 20-plus years. I live in the city of Philadelphia, and right now I am at at my job on 2400 Market Street in Philadelphia where I drive every day around 4 o'clock in the morning. So I have worked and lived in the city of Philadelphia for well over two decades. I've raised my kids here. My boys were born here. And, yes, I am in Philadelphia. And and I'll point out you're in Reading, but I get your point, Richard, as far as... I love Philadelphia, and that's why I'm so upset. I love the city of Philadelphia. You know what? One of my favorite Christmas gifts to give to family members and even family members who might live out where you live is I'll you know buy them tickets to things in the city for a Christmas gift or a holiday gift or a birthday and say, come into the city. I've done that for years. The museums. We have the best museums. It's a treasure here, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, wonderful city, and that is what upsets me so much and as a mom particularly with boys in school and boys in sports I am impacted I know some of the moms whose kids were playing in Roxborough I feel this Richard I feel it every day I roll through stoplight the other day I was in a Plymouth meeting I admittedly I rolled through the stoplight I mean not light stop sign and and you know it's called the Philly roll where and the officer stopped me. I said, officer, I'm sorry. I'm usually driving early in the morning, and I'm scared to stop. And it's a bad – those are very bad habits, obviously. There was nobody else around. But my point to you is this is why I talk about it, Richard. This is why we, we are feeling this in the city of Philadelphia and saying, just please make a change. Do something. And it's obviously not working the way that they're doing it, but they double down instead of saying, hey and, – and by the way, Richard – Philadelphia City Council has now given, the clock is ticking. They've given Kenny and Krasner and others a time period where they say, we want to know your plan because this is doable. We can do this together, but we need the game plan. We need it in writing. We need to review it. And they haven't even spent the money. We've got hundreds of millions of dollars earmarked to make these changes. So even city council members have been saying what I'm saying, enough is enough. I'm merely, I'm not alone in saying this, but no, my husband, Larry Menti and I, who you referred to, uh, we've lived in Philadelphia, raising our kids in the city of Philadelphia, but you're right. I do resent others like, you know, there are some who are even, you know, they live in Kansas city and they claim that they live here. They don't or others who live way, you know, an hour away and they're reporting on Philadelphia. Then they leave the city 
and they trash us. But Richard, I I agree with you that we this is to me a world class city. It it's beautiful, and it's amazing. I mean, my kids, I I have pictures taking them to the art museum on the Schuylkill. I could go on and on. The pictures I remember, you know, swimming in the Wissahick and with the kids and taking pictures when they were little. And somebody, I tweeted out, and somebody said, "Where, where are you? Are you in the Caribbean? Are you in, are you in Cancun? Where are you?" I said, "No, I'm in Philadelphia, in the city of Philadelphia. This is how beautiful this is." And so it's, it breaks my heart and it aggravates me to see what's happening, Richard. I'm sorry, Don. I, I owe you an apology. I do apologize, man. Well, you don't have to apologize because I, I, I feel, feel I feel your no. I here's the thing. I feel what you're saying, your passion, because it's frustrating to, to say this and, and to see it. In, I mean, I'm telling you, I was at an event in Philadelphia last weekend. One of the moms just started busted out crying because she was a block away from that shooting in Roxborough. Everybody here, I mean, it's real. We're feeling it. And that's what's, what's frustrating is that people have a, a, you know, a detail, a police detail around them all the time, they, and they just... I don't know how they could not feel this. And Jim Kenny, I mean, he went to the prep. You know, he he grew up here. How can he not get it? I just, it's it boggles my mind. And you know what, Richard? To your point, it's not even about politics anymore. It's just about people who I know are voting. You know, they're they're Democrats who are now turning on Kenny Krasner, and they're you know they're not because they're running for anything, just because they feel like you're not right. There are others who could solve this. It has nothing to do with politics. I don't even know what they're thinking anymore, Richard. I really don't. Well, Dawn, uh, thank you, ma'am, and thank you for your, your help and support for Philadelphia, and hopefully this can get on the right track. Once again, I do apologize. I hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Oh, thank you, Richard. No, you, you never have to apologize to me. I feel the passion, and I feel that hurt. I'm feeling it, too. By the way, I still will buy the memberships like to the Philadelphia Zoo and, and the museums as gifts for people because I, I feel like it's, it's a great way to get your kids out and engage. But a lot of people, you know, they don't even want to use the membership. They're scared to come in. And yes, part of that is, and that's the reason, you know, Anthony Dorenzo, our great producer, pulled uh, the sound of my friend Dawn Timoney, her recent uh, TV report on Fox 29, my alma mater, showing the positivity in the community. Because we don't have enough of those stories that Dawn Timoney often does, the, the positive side of it. And so too often, you know, news stations are kind of ambulance chasers and they're covering, oh, fire, oh, crime. And there's not the, the, as much of the in-depth reporting and showing a community coming together. And so we'll, you know, I always try to, that's why we try to blend that in there, weave that in there, so that you know that people at the grassroots level are trying to make a difference. And that's so important. Speaking of making a difference, maybe you are thinking about, especially with the upcoming holidays, get togethers, and you want to make a difference maybe to your home, Chapman window doors and siding, you can count on them. I can tell you that for sure. I love my new patio doors. And, you know, they do have, for the convenience of their mainline customers, they've opened that second design center location at the Eagle Village shops there in Wayne. Stop by either the Westchester or Wayne locations See all the amazing options that, of course, can always be customized. If you want to really bring you know, the outside in with this spectacular open view, you got to check out the new Nana 
N-A-N-A, Nana Wall Products, and Chapman, the exclusive dealer installer in this area. And why were they chosen here? I mean, this is a huge, you know, deal that Nana has chosen them as the exclusive because they're Chapman. And that's the Chapman difference I'm always talking about. Meticulous work, outstanding service, such high quality products, and all that wisdom, three decades of wisdom. They get it. They're going to fit within your budget and they're really respectful about that budgeting. And that is a huge, that's a big deal because a lot of places you get the bill afterwards and you say, what, what happened to the budget that we agreed upon? So Chapman, everything's up front. They detail everything, go over, you know, every single detail and every single dollar that they know you've worked hard for. So you can call them, text them, 610-431-8898, 610-431-8898. Check them out online too, chapmanwindowsdoors.com chapmanwindowsdoors.com. You can take a virtual tour. Tell them Dolan sent you. And we are tracking the latest as news conferences happen, especially regarding what's going on with the former Philadelphia police officer, Edsel Mendoza. So we're going to learn more apparently during live news conferences happening this morning. So I, of course, will bring you that latest, those latest developments uh, this morning. But we have, um, this is the former you know, policemen, and in a a huge, huge issue that, as you know, was last March, March 1st, I believe. This was a a 12-year-old killed, 12-year-old boy who was killed in Philadelphia uh, during what police thought that they were being, well, they were being fired on. But this officer was fired in the dark of the night because of what happened in the dark of the night, I should say. This officer was fired as he was on an undercover unit. So he has fought these charges, but he's facing first and third degree murder charges. And he's one of three former police officers who Krasner has decided to um, really throw the book at this guy. He says that he was doing his job, that he had every reason to believe that a fellow officer had been shot. It turns out that a group of kids on bikes, one of them firing a shot at the officer's vehicle, and we know that it was captured on surveillance video. But then the shattering glass, that's what struck the officer inside the vehicle. But this officer thought his fellow officer had been had been shot. And they went into pursuit of a suspect, of course, not knowing that it was a 12-year-old boy. It was a, it was, it's a tragic story all the way around. So we're learning those new details this morning. I don't, Anthony, do we have audio on this one as well? I apologize. I don't have the sheet right in front of me. No, we didn't. Okay. Uh, just we're kind of waiting for the live reports and I'm monitoring. So when we have it, I'll, I'll get it to you. Then we'll bring that to you, the latest. But, it, you know, this is one of those situations, again, uh, by all accounts, it's a tragic situation. The boy, the, Vic, the boy, the 12-year-old child, his father speaking out. His father, you know, had been in prison for a while. He was speaking out from prison. The family hiring lawyers and uh, the boy, I believe, had been in foster care. Uh, for some time. So the whole thing obviously is tragic, no doubt. But for police and law enforcement in a situation like that, in the dark of night, what this officer's attorneys representing him are saying, hey, they were fired upon and they did flash their lights. They did, they say, identify themselves as officers. And so they say that this kind of culture in which officers are immediately considered the perp um, harms law enforcement, harms the ability to do your job as an officer 
when it literally is like a war zone. And many comparing it to those JAG rules during the Obama years, you may recall, where they, they now fear, they fear the repercussions even if they make arrests. And that's why, for example, that Wawa where some 100 teenagers and children as young as 10 stormed a Wawa caused tens of thousands of dollars in damage. And many in the community, and even it went viral, and nationally, many people were saying, well, why did they just, the officers arrive? Why weren't they arresting these kids? Because if, you know, many communities are are looking at that saying, well, this is crazy. These kids just, you know, isn't that a riot? Doesn't that constitute as a riot? And why aren't these kids being arrested? Why aren't their parents being called in? And Philadelphia police are coming back saying this is, they're following the rule. They're following the training, so to speak. And they're not going to make these arrests because ultimately in the, in the transmission of chasing down when it, and they knew they were kids, they are the ones who will be hauled in. They will lose their job. They will lose their pension and they may lose their home in the, in the time that they're trying to defend themselves. So this is the, the disaster and the disastrous effect when police and law enforcement in general, um, are treated as if they are the criminals, as if they are the perpetrators, instead of the fact that they're out there every day risking their lives to protect us and serving us. And there's really no thank you. It's a thankless job. I don't know if you do this, but whenever I'm, I see anybody in law enforcement at any level, and I have an opportunity to, even if I'm driving by, thank you for your service. And, you know, they, they appreciate that, even if you're pulled over. You know, like I was the other day for rolling through in Plymouth meeting. The officer said, I'm going to give you a warning, Dawn, but you got to, you know, you got to stop. There are no, you're not going to get carjacked in Plymouth meeting. And isn't that the other piece of this, that you go just outside the city of Philadelphia and you don't have this. And as Richard pointed out, Philadelphia, a beautiful, world-class, amazing city, gorgeous so this is just disrespectful to the people who stay here. And, and I know some of you have called, called in. You've said, Dawn, I left. I gave up. I just I couldn't, couldn't hack it anymore because maybe you were victimized or your neighbor was, etc. I have so many people say that to me. But for those of you who have stayed, and I'm staying for now, but it, it's, you know, we should not have to live in this fear. And so I'm, I'm saying, remember, your vote matters. Philadelphia Union is adding onto its complex on the Chester waterfront. This is huge news, and we don't give enough love to the Philadelphia Union. The team is spending, they now had this big announcement in ribbon cutting yesterday. They're spending $55 million on this huge 32-acre sports and recreation complex. It's right next to Subaru Park. It's going to include 170,000 square foot feet of a, a that's one building alone, huge building, and seven outdoor grass and turf fields, seven, state-of-the-art. It'll be called the Wisfis Bank Sports Complex, and uh, the union also planning to move its player development programs like the Union Academy to this brand-new complex. And just in time, obviously, I think it coincides with the World Cup, so there's a lot of news with the World Cup coming here, and that is my hope that we can just get this together, figure all of this out in Philadelphia. So by the time 
you know, they and they're breaking ground on this facility. But, you know, by the time we are being showcased at major events, say, for the World Cup, that we will have turned this around and cleaned up all of these crime issues. But this entire facility, it'll be open. It start, I think they start the openings next year and then fully complete by June of 2024. Exciting stuff. And if you're in the city of Chester, you know that there are, you know, this is amazing, an amazing property. It's beautiful. And then, of course, the city of Chester has, has suffered economically as well as with, with crime and drugs. And they've done their best to try to turn this around. And I feel like infusing a $55 million 32-acre sports and rec complex, I hope that it can as well serve the community. So I think this is a, a bright spot. I'm trying to trying to put in some good news and some bright spots into what is otherwise a gloomy day for sure here in Philadelphia. And I mean that, you know, literally and figuratively as we come out of the rain. All right. The Dawn Show is going to continue. At the top of the hour, we'll bring you some live updates. I've got some breaking news I want to share with you. This is The Dawn Show. You'll find me on Twitter at Dawn Stensland, 855-839-1210. Be right back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.